in today's show, we take a look at the fantasy basketball waiver wire trends, who to add, guys you can drop. Hey, it's do or die. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We here to look at the waiver wire. We're going to change up a little bit of uh, the structure and the segments today because it's important as we get towards the end of the season with, what, five weeks left? Not that many weeks. We're getting towards the end and you've got to make tough decisions and you've got to be very nimble in making those calls. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Let's start off like we always do, looking at the most added players across fantasy basketball waiver wires. Number one is Caleb Martin. Kevin Love is going to return today, but... Martin played 28, 29 minutes before Love was out. I don't think we're going to get big minutes out of Love. Martin is still somewhat of an iffy prospect. We have seen him be a 30-minute-a-night player all season, and he hasn't been a must-roster player. That's simple stuff. He goes on little streaks where he's playing well. He's fine, absolutely fine to use at the moment, and we'll see. But as a long-term thing, probably not. The second name on this list is probably a little bit more interesting, and that is the depressed penis, Sadiq Bey. I am not a big Sadiq Bey fan, as you're all well aware, but he is playing a really good chunk of minutes. They're using him in probably a much better, well, not probably, 100% a better way than old mate Dwayne Casey used him in Detroit, and it's actually paying dividends. Now, he's not going to be a player who gets assists or big defensive stats. He'll be a points, a threes guy, efficiency will be up and down, but getting 30 minutes a night into him, at the expense of Johnny Collins, is putting him onto the radar of being a 12-team league player. The 30 minutes a night is key. 26 doesn't cut it for Bay. 31, 32 does. And I don't actually care whether he starts or not. His value is there at the moment. He's worth taking a look at when you need those points and threes. Again, a little bit of rebounds, but not much else. But we've seen there's so many of those players, those points and threes guys. And I think Bay might actually have a little bit more consistency than some of them, like Tim Hardaway or Malik Beasley, or even like an Isaiah Joe. I think Bay's a little bit more consistent than those guys, and especially in this role. So there is a little bit more to him, I think, than some of those other players, and you can get a little bit more out of them with, or out of Bay with his rebounding numbers. I like the situation for him in Atlanta. Trey Murphy, one of the most added players, yeah, because he put up an absolute monster last game. Now, we don't know what's going to happen today with Josh Richardson back. It was trending towards things reverting back to their natural order of Murphy getting the minutes over Richardson. But I don't know. Willie Green makes some curious rotation decisions. By curious, I mean terrible. So we'll see exactly what he does here. But it is worth grabbing Murphy and seeing which direction it goes. But those big 36, 37-minute-a-night performances from Murphy from the last two games, they're probably not going to stick here. Tim Hardaway, I just talked about, he's on a hot streak. We've seen Tim Hardaway be on hot streaks before. They're great. And then he'll have three points on one of nine shooting with two rebounds and nothing else. And you go, what am I doing? And that's sort of where I think we should look with Hardaway. But Reggie Bullock, 
injured. Hardaway's probably going to get good starters minutes. And while he is running this way, while he is playing this way, while he is the third offensive option over Christian Wood, which he is, the points and threes are valuable. They are going to blow up at some point, any point. We don't know when. But for now, he is a solid enough add. Interesting to see Josh Richardson as one of the most added players. I wouldn't be that quick to do it. Before he left the team for personal reasons, he played 20 minutes in that game prior. And the minutes had come down after, again, for some reason, Willie Green said, right, you've just arrived. Play 34 minutes over our developing young players who are actually still better than you. That was a curious decision. Curious? Bad. So we'll see where Richardson goes. I, I've got no problem adding him. He plays on Wednesday. And I'm recording this before Wednesday's games. He was in an okay role beforehand. I don't see him as a long-term 12-team league option, but it's not bad. Cam Reddish, last time we saw him, 40 minutes. And as long as Anthony Simons is out, Reddish is the option to go for. Now, I don't really trust his shooting at all. I think he's shooting six or seven percentage points better than career numbers in Portland. The fact that they're running him as a backup point guard is a huge bonus. He's always going to be a steals guy. We know this. He's going to be a threes guy. We know this. But adding assists into the mix plus big volume gives him uh, this appeal. I thought for sure they would go with Shaden Sharp. Um, They didn't. Obviously, they went with Reddish, and Reddish has been the guy to benefit from the absence of Simons. Another one of the most added players is Victor Oladipo. I don't really believe in that one. He was great last game, for sure. I think some of that was because Kevin Love was out, and they play completely different positions. I know that. But what happened was Max Struess was taken out of the pool of players who play guard minutes, and he was shoved up into the power forward pool of minutes. So Max Struess's 20 minutes went away from the guards. Oladipo sucked up an extra five or six minutes and played well. Is Oladipo in 24 minutes useful enough? 26 minutes? Probably not. 31? Probably yes. I think if we treat him as a... Steals guy who gets some assists, who's going to be up and down with minutes and shooting and offense, then you'll be okay. Absolutely okay to add him, but it's more short-term stuff. And then one of the most added players, didn't really think that many people had dropped Herb Jones, but they had. He put up really good numbers last game. He will be impacted by Richardson. Also, he's not going to get eight assists a game that he got last game. I still want to treat him very similarly to how I treat Oladipo as a steal specialist. Whatever else you get, is a bonus. <clears throat> like Trey Murphy, he played like 36, 37 minutes without Josh Richardson, and that's not going to be the case this game. So as long as you're understanding what Jones is giving you, and he's free off the waiver wire for steals, by all means. I wouldn't be super excited about it, but by all means, he is an option there um, to go and add. Today's episode is brought to you by the all-new Nissan Aria. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the player of the week this week is Tyrese Halliburton. He's only played two games this week, but he's averaging 34.5 points with 13.5 assists on 64% shooting and 92% from the line. That is just like those numbers in the fantasy playoffs are just the key to you getting wins. It is absolutely um, elegant, much like the Nissan Aria. He's brilliantly fierce. He delivers on multiple fronts, the duality of man, the duality of cars. That's what Tyrese Halliburton brings. Delivers on that duality, the combination of fierceness and elegance. It's beautiful and strong. He's got a perfect crossover, much like the Nissan Aria is a perfect SUV crossover. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Okay. 
Let's look at the most dropped players. Um, and most of these are... I'm looking through. I agree with most of these. All of these. Most of them. Um, Trey Jones. Yep. Again, you probably waited too long here. And now the Spurs don't play till Friday. It's two days away. You should have dropped him on Sunday. So he had four days to use that roster spot. So it's making less sense now to drop him. But he's only a fringe player anyway. So it's all right. Killian Hayes. Don't really know, you know what, what the problem with, was with his hand, but he is back to... Oh, sorry. He is back for their next game on Thursday. The Pistons, complete disaster. We'll talk more about them later. He is back for Thursday. I probably... If he was dropped, and I get it, I would go and add him. I would go and add him for Thursday's game. Cam Thomas, yeah, no point holding on to a guy who's a DMP. I think he won't be a DMP each night, but there's no he's not a 12-team league guy. Kevon Looney, yeah, look, with John Kaminga playing, with Wiggins maybe back next week, who knows? Looney is just a rebound specialist who's not must roster. Hamadou Diallo's out for the season. Dennis Smith, okay, he was dropped. He hasn't been as good as we would have hoped he was with LaMelo Ball out. But again, sometimes we have outsized expectations. He was never going to be this huge point scorer or be a massive field goal guy. He was always going to be bad there. But assists, steals, and blocks with good rebounds is what he brings. The Hornets also play three games in four nights to end this week. So I don't think I would have been that quick on the old Dennis Smith drop here. I understand that you look at a line and you go, three points, what's that? Which is what he did. I think he had three points last game. It's shithouse. All right, and he's only sticking at like 26 minutes or 25 minutes instead of 29. That's frustrating. You know, frustrating we see the way some of the minutes get distributed there. But I think the schedule would have led me to hold on to him for the end of this week. Jalen Suggs, most dropped players. Yeah, fine. Like, he was bad. Gary Harris was out. He's going to be up and down. It requires a lot, I think, for... Um, it requires a lot for Suggs to be in a position to be this absolute, we must have him rostered in a 12-team league just because of the deficiencies in his shooting, both from the line and from the field, um, his offensive deficiencies, and the fact that there's just so many other guards there. That does make it hard for him to be that guy that we always have to hold. And then Malik Beasley, who just referenced everything I said about Tim Hardaway and, and Sadiq Bay. We saw last game. Like he, But the difference with him and, say, a Bay is Bay can get rebounds. Beasley gets nothing. Right? His points and threes... And there'll be plenty of nights where he shoots 22% and has six points and hits one three. And there'll be nights where he has 20 points with six threes. It's really hard to know when that's going to happen. The Lakers don't play again until Friday. So you're opening a roster spot for two days worth of action. By all means, do it. Beasley's not good enough. And we're going to talk more about this later. He's not good enough to necessarily just take up that roster spot. Let's look at droppable players. I'm going to highlight this with Boyan Bogdanovic. I talked about this, I don't know when, some point this week, saying, mm, this smells like Jeremy Grant last season. And the interesting thing to me is the Thunder get so much shit from a lot of people. Casual fans, people who claim they watch a lot of the NBA or are big NBA fans, the Thunder, man, they tank every year. They're disgusting. They're the worst franchise in the NBA. They're going to get relocated. When the teams with the worst records are the Rockets and the Pistons, and the Pistons shut players down all the time. Not... and. Yeah, oh, what about Shea? Shea's, Shea's injuries weren't fake. They were real. Jeremy Grant's injuries last season were fake. They were fake. Boyan Bogdanovich's injury now, probably fake. Probably fake. Bilateral Achilles soreness, fake. And they, they, he is not going to play. I would. I don't know how to how to handicap this. I don't think he plays again this season. I think the odds of him playing again this season, Boyan Bogdanovich, are very, very low. 
I wish they would. They, and this is what they, they did this with Corey Joseph. They did this with Jeremy Grant last season. That They don't come out and say it. And it just lasts weeks. And then you go, what am I doing here? Boyan Bogdanovic can have some big games. But the likelihood of him playing is minuscule to me. It's so small. And you, I think you're just going to sit on the hook with it, wait and go, oh, okay, is he going to play? Is he going to play? Is he going to play? And the answer is going to be no, and you've burnt a roster spot. The thing is, he probably does have injured reserve eligibility now. If you don't play in an IL Plus league, he probably does have that. He already had IL Plus because that's how that system works, which is the better system. So you can stash him in that spot. I don't think he plays again this season. With him out, and I didn't include his name on this list, Isaiah Livers is probably going to be a full-time starter. Now, Isaiah Livers has been a very poor permanent fantasy producer this season. But given 33 minutes a night, given the extra usage you should get, I can see him being at least a 14-team league player and someone that we use to schedule stream in for 12s at times, Isaiah Livers. But the Pistons rotation is continuing to be confusing because you've got Jalen Duran returning today. Um, Killian, oh, sorry, tomorrow. Duran will return tomorrow. Hayes will return tomorrow. Stewart will still be out. It's just going to be guys in and out and in and out. Um, and I just don't know what to make of it every night. And the other guy who would have benefited from Bogdanovich being out is Diallo, and he's out now as well. So we're going to see big Eugene Omarui minutes. I don't know. He's on a 10-day. Livers is the key beneficiary there, but he hasn't been a great fantasy option. Benedict Matherin. Minutes are the, exactly the same as they've been all season. Everything about him is the same as he's been all season. Nothing has improved all season. I I challenge you not to... Maybe that's being a prick, but what has Matherin gotten better at as the season's gone on? I'd say nothing. I think he's exactly the same player, which is a little bit annoying. Like, I can look at Jaden Ivey and say, yeah, he's actually improved his playmaking a lot. His passing, his vision, he's in control, improved massively. Maybe Paolo Boncaro hasn't improved as the season's gone on either. I don't know what Matherin's good at, apart from drawing fouls at this point. I'd say he's actually gotten worse as the season's gone on. And I just don't think you need to hold on to him. It's just, this is not a guy who's been a Category League um, 12-team league player all year. Don't don't hold him. Kyle Lowry, I just don't know when he's returning. Again, if you have the injured slot, by all means. But when he comes back, I don't think he's going to be a top 100 player. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. And then there's Bobby Portis, who was great last game. It is hard to drop someone who just had a 16 and 11 double-double. But it's because Giannis was out. And he was playing 17 minutes a night otherwise. When Giannis is out, sure. But that's, I think, who Bobby Portis is going to be as we move forward. Some other names here, a little bit more catered towards points leagues, but I think it still counts for categories, except for the last guy, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, we're seeing Quinn Snyder play him like 21, 22 minutes a night. It's not enough to be a must-roster player. It's fine to use. He'll have good scoring nights, but he's up and down with his shooting, and the production's just not enough. Johnny Collins, another Atlanta guy. We're going to talk about the positives of the big minutes for Sadiq Bay, the guy that loses his Collins. He's not playing at all at center. He was really good last game. He played well, but played only 20 minutes. There was some foul trouble involved. I don't know. Maybe they go back to Collins over Bay because he sort of found his groove last game. I really doubt that, but I just don't think that we need to hold on to Collins given the way that Snyder is running things. Mason Plumley, the cockroach, um, he'll have nights where he's okay, but honestly, on a team with a center in front of him in Zubats and a team that likes to play 10 minutes or so of small ball with no center, there's not enough playing time there for Plumlee to be anywhere near a 12-team league guy, probably not a 14-team leaguer. And then De'Anthony Melton. In a points league, there is absolutely no reason to be holding on to him in 12-team formats. Category leagues, like he started last game without Harden, I think we're, we're just going to turn Melton into a 
guy that we stream in for schedule situations versus like, oh, well, what if the minutes are here? Because they're going to be unpredictable. They're going to be all over the place. The production's going to be you know, three points on nine shots versus 15 shots on four shots with four steals in 26 minutes. It's just going to be a, a case of, uh, yes, oh, that's great. Oh, that's terrible. And it's really hard to deal with in the playoffs. So what we're talking about there is, is looking at him as a guy that, especially in a points league, that you just don't have to hold on to. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, and we all are, we want something that satiates our hunger, but also doesn't blow out our calories. And that's what Bilt Bar is. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% real chocolate, high in high in protein, not high in carbs. It's low in carbs. It's low in fat. It's low in sugar. But covered in that 100% real chocolate makes it a delicious eating experience. You go to the gym, you got to get your protein in. And sometimes it just tastes like crap. But that's not what Built Bar is. It's a bar that tastes great. And now, instead of just going to Built.com, you can go to Walmart and they're there on the shelf. Cookies and cream flavor, coconut puff flavor, and double chocolate flavor. Or if you're near a Sam's Club, go in there, get your churro flavor. They've got a 13 bar box or the brownie batter flavor in a 13 bar box at Sam's Club as well. So go to Built.com, browse their extensive selection. Or if you're in a Walmart, go grab some, try it, see what it's like. Or in a Sam's Club, get that 13 bar box. Built Bar is... Built different. New section. I'm calling it Expendables. And it's really looking at people who are currently in the fantasy playoffs. If you are in the playoffs this week, what does this mean? We're not doing must rosters anymore because must roster is really a term uh, outside of like grabbing Tyrus Jones. But a lot of it is like, hey, what do I need to win my matchup this week? Who do I need to add in what categories for the short term? So we're not going to do must rosters. We're going to do Expendables. And there are a lot of names on that list when you're going to go, huh, I don't know about dropping that player, Josh, but let me tell you why. Because we're talking, I'm doing this for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because some of you won't hear this show before the games on, on Wednesday start. So understand that this is for after Wednesday's games. Every one of these players here on this list, which I'll get to in a second, I project to be outside the top 200 in total value for the final four days of the week. And there are good names on here. But if you're in a fantasy playoff matchup, we're not talking about top 10 guys or top 20 guys. We're talking about back-endish shorter guys who'd be 70s, 80s, 90s, 100, which as you, in general is a must-roster player, right? A top 100 player is a must-roster player. But if they're outside the top 200 for the final four days of your playoff matchup, then they can go. And you can get someone in who might be the 180th player on a per-game basis that plays two games or three games and beats their numbers very comfortably. So who's on the list? Well, if you're on YouTube, you can see the list. Right? But if you're here listening to the, the podcast, the audio style, what about this guy? But what about Scarves? OG. Stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Yeah. OG Ananobi. I like OG Ananobi. He's a really good fantasy player. But he's only got one game in the final four days of the week. You can find better options there. Like, what are you, 13 and 5 with one with two steals? Is that, that's what you're going to get? You can get someone who, in two, like, if someone plays two games, all they've got to average is 7 and 2 to be as useful as him. You can find someone who averages 7 and 2 on the waiver wire. And unless it's, I'm not going to repeat that sort of stat thing for every person, but that's the, that's the, the value. And we can go through and look at this with, like, there are teams that play three games for the week. So while Dorian Finney-Smith is nowhere near as good as OG Ananobi, if Dorian Finney-Smith gets 10, 
four, two with a steal three times, it's a lot better than OG Ananobi getting 13 and five one time. Christian Wood, I think he's droppable almost anyway, playing 19 minutes a night. But for the rest of this week, yeah, like there's no no real argument, I don't think, for Christian Wood being a must-roster player rest of the week. He play, They play one more game, the Mavericks, between Thursday and Sunday. And he's going to get 18 minutes. Move on. Much like Ananobi, Gary Trent. Like, his minutes are down. His production is down. He has one game left. Move on. If it's a Zubats, again, this is a guy that's been a top 100 guy for plenty of the season. But you don't need to hold. He's not that good. Malcolm Brogdon. What? Malcolm Brogdon, Josh? He's been great. And Robert Williams is out, I know. One game left. Russell Westbrook. Don't get me started. But one game left. Jaden McDaniels. Hasn't been great, but has been a 12-team league player. But one game left. You definitely don't need to deal with that. Like, he might... Get, what's he going to get? 12 and 4? It's not good enough. Al Horford. One game left. Horford's been on a real hot streak. But is he worth holding in a head-to-head league, especially, especially in a points league, with one game in four nights to end the week when you can get players who play three times? The answer is no. Now, if you are comfortably going to win this week, and it doesn't matter what happens towards the end of the week, and you know that your opponent's struck down with injuries and you're killing them, then you don't drop Ananobi or Trent, or maybe Trent, or or Brogdon or McDaniels or Horford. You don't drop them. But if you need it, you've got to get the win. Because even they say, but what if my opponent adds this play? That's That's okay. Next week, you reassess. Other schedule opportunities will open up. Other things will appear. But these are guys who I would consider expendable. Hot players. Top 100 players over the last week. Chris Dunn. As long as Sexton is out, we roll with Dunn. 12-team league player. John Kaminga. I don't really know what to make of it. He's shooting at a ridiculously high level. And while Wiggins is out, there is a big opportunity for him. Now, the minutes were frustrating. They went from 13 two games ago to 27 last game. He shot 70% from the field, which is probably not going to stick. But yeah, he is an option. It's a risky one, but it is an option. Devontae Graham. is in that top 100. I don't really know what to make of the Spurs. They're going to be like the Pistons and they're going to be all over the place with rotations and Trey Jones in and out and Branham in and out and Vassell in and out and Johnson in and out and Sohan in and out. But Graham seems to be getting 25 a night. I don't like it outside of the end of the week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, last three days, the Spurs play two times. So they go from having a shit schedule to having a really good schedule at the end of the week. And that might bring Graham in. Troy Brown. It is helpful that Russell is out. I wouldn't go to add him. I think he's going to lose quite a bit on Friday when D'Angelo Russell returns, but he has been top 100. Cam Reddish, we spoke about already. Kyle Anderson, top 100. Still considered, like, I don't know why he's still available in so many leagues, but as we just talked about with Jaden McDaniels, from Thursday through Sunday, I have one game. Is he good enough to hold on? Probably not. But he is still a guy that you want to always look at if you're in a situation where you don't need the volume in. Timothy John McConnell and Jalen Smith for the Pacers are also top 100 over the last week. They're both backups. It's a little fluky. Smith's not guaranteed to play every night. I wouldn't look too much at them outside of desperation streams. So let's look at the rest of the week. Charlotte, Brooklyn, and the Knicks play three games between Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So when we talk about dropping a one-game Gary Trent or a one-game Al Horford, you can add, and that's why I talked about with Dennis Smith, right? You can add Dennis Smith. You can add Nick Richards. You can add, um, you can see the names on the list. 
That's the advantage. So when we're looking at the end of the week, Dennis Smith, yeah, three games. He might score six points a game. He might get five assists per game. All right, six, six, three, and five with a steal. That's bad. Yeah, 18, nine, and 15 with three steals is pretty good. And that's how you got to look at it. Dante DiVincenzo has only got two games. But no Wiggins. Good numbers for him. Like it. Dorian Finney-Smith, three games. Not a great per-game producer, but three games is enough for you to look at. Nick Richards, three games. What's he going to get? Six and seven with a block? Who cares? You should. 18 and 21 with three blocks. And then Tari Eason, who's only got the two games, but he should be rostered anyway. But good value rest of the week. Some deeper guys to look at. Quentin Grimes on the Knicks. He might play 24, 25 minutes. That's 75 minutes of action across three nights. He won't do a huge amount, but in a deeper format, this guy's available in 90% of leagues. And rightfully so, he's been jettisoned from all 12-teamers. Cool. But in anything deeper, both him and Jordan Wara, who's only got the two games here, but they both have really strong value for the rest of the week. Especially if Neesmith's out, Nwora... Actually, it doesn't matter. Nwora was actually better with Neesmith in. But both of those guys are deeper league players you can look at for the rest of the week. Let's go through some other names. Austin Reeves. Love what he's doing. I wouldn't rush to add him. They don't play until Friday, and we don't know what happens when Russell returns, but he would be on my list of guys to add when we get closer to their game. Jim Wiseman. Well, this just takes us back to the piss and stuff. Because Duran's going to return next game on Thursday. So what happens with Duran, Wiseman, Bagley? There's still no Stewart. There's no Bogdanovich. Can they all get 23 minutes a night? It makes it really tough to understand how to process that in fantasy. I would add Duran. Would I hold Wiseman? I probably would. I think Wiseman, Duran, Bagley at this point should be on a roster. How that pans out, honestly, I couldn't tell you because I think it's going to be up and down every game. Pig Williams in Oklahoma City. Some solid enough numbers from him. He's shooting the ball well. I don't really have huge trust in him, but he's someone that's worth looking at as at least a stream guy. Xavier T. Illman, must roster until Steven Adams returns. Same goes with Tyus Jones, obviously. Isaiah Livers, I, I talked about that a little bit earlier. I think he's worth, in a 14-team league, I think he's worth a grab. I think he's going to have 30-plus minutes rest of season, and that's enough in a 14-team league. John Collins, I don't know why I put him there. I already talked about him. Isaiah Joe, um, with Shea and Jalen Williams out today, good numbers there. Joe is just more going to be that three-point streamer. He might have nine points with three threes a game. That's fine. And there'll be nights where he pushes into 30 minutes, and there'll be nights where he plays 20 minutes. But I think he's going to have 20 minutes as a baseline, which is good enough for deeper formats. And then Malik Beasley, who I also talked about. I don't know why I put him on this list. Beasley is a guy that's... I think you should be treating Malik Beasley more like Isaiah Joe than a must-roster player. A guy who can get in for points and threes, who's going to be pretty inconsistent. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Hey, let me know. What did you think about the expendable section about guys that you probably wouldn't consider dropping, but with their schedule, maybe they are. Let me know what you think about that or your comments on anything. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.